0: For most of my life, I have had a love-hate relationship with glasses. At an early age, and so I'm talking elementary school, middle school, even into high school, my father didn't allow me to pick out my own glasses. It was something that he did for me, which was just a wonderful thing. And I'm not sure if it was to save money, if he had a certain style in mind that he thought I needed to live up to or what it was, or he just didn't. He didn't trust my judgment. I'm not really sure where it lied, but for some reason, he didn't allow me to make this decision myself. And so, yeah, when I say I had a a bit of a hate relationship with glasses, this is where it starts. It starts in that fact that I really couldn't make this decision for myself. And so I was, I was, we'll say, blessed with glasses on my face, especially come middle school. If you don't believe me, there's going to be two pictures that appear on the screen. There you go. Yep. Yep. I'm pretty confident this was 7th and 8th grade, 94, 95. That one's the special one, isn't it? Look at that and those beautiful things. First off, just picture this kid out about this time of the year sitting in a tree stand, just shivering. Yeah, talk about miserable right there. And it says it all. But think to yourself, as you see this picture, those glasses, they kind of, I mean these things heighten. I'm sorry it's blurry. It's 94.95. It's okay. These glasses, they heighten every preconceived thought you have about this individual, doesn't it? Like they, they just enlarge what you're expecting this person to be like. You say to yourself, that guy's got pocket protectors at home. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure those are there. And yeah, I like to believe that everyone should go through some years of struggle. It makes us stronger, whatever that is. I had some years of struggle. Who I am? Yeah, this guy has gone through the fire right there. Public middle school with those things. There was some struggle in this guy's past. And I don't know if it made me stronger or more irritated with my dad. I'm not sure which one it is, but that happened. It was sometime about this time in life that my parents would give me a purity ring. You know what that is? A ring that you're going to like save yourself for marriage? Seemed pretty unnecessary, right? (laughs) (laughs) With those things on my face, yeah. What did my parents think I was battling in this moment? I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Not the story. So yeah, when I say love-hate relationship with glasses, there you go. I will say, oddly enough, look at that guy. Look at 94, 95. Look at that. This is my middle school ID, by the way, if you didn't know this. Look at this guy right here. Champion shirt, those glasses. Believe it or not, right now, this guy would fit in. This guy, this guy's in style right now, but not then. I was a trendsetter. My dad was a trendsetter, apparently. Just didn't know it or get any of the benefit from it at all. That was the hate. The love is, of course, that I needed glasses. They were necessary. Second grade, I can remember being in second grade and I started to struggle at school for just a little bit. They didn't know quite what was up, but I was struggling a little bit. It came to a point where my teacher was standing at the blackboard pointing at things, trying to get me to answer something and I couldn't come up with the answer. And the teacher asked a very obvious question that probably should have been in all our minds. She simply asked, can you see what I'm writing right now? Does any of this make sense? And it was clear. Well, it doesn't make sense because... No, I can't see at all what you're writing on that board. I can remember my parents sitting me down and asking me, kind of clearly, why didn't you tell us that you were having trouble seeing? Why didn't you tell us that this was a thing? And my answer back was, I don't know, because in truth, with those kinds of things, depending on what we see, you don't really know until you know. You don't know what you're missing out on, you don't know what you're seeing, you don't know how that's influencing you. Until you know, this morning, I want us to know. This morning, I want you to know. What we see with this world, the way we see it, how we view it, the lens that we use to view this world, it matters. It shapes how we can live. It shapes how we can love. It shapes the people that we are here to be for God. And this morning, if nothing else, I want us to know the lens through which we see the world and hopefully the lens through which God can guide us to see this world. May that bless each and every one of us as we seek to live for God. May we see this world the way he would want us to. Would you join me in a moment of prayer or blessing as we begin these moments? God, I ask that you would just bless this conversation. God, each and every one of us here be with our time of studying your scripture. Open our hearts to your will for this world. Help us to understand, to be convicted, to feel real understanding of how we are looking at the world right now and what that's doing to us. And God, empower us with truth, with understanding of who God is and how that, how that can shape us to see this world, and it can influence the, the difference that we can make in this world. Be with us in this conversation. Be with us now, God. We love you. We give these moments to you. We pray this all in Jesus's name. Amen. Our desire to start is to understand scripture, and then to take that and apply that truth, what we find here, to our lives. So the scripture that we read responsively, our responsive reading just a little bit ago, that was scripture. That was Psalm 150. That's our scripture for this morning, Psalm 150. This is the very final psalm in the book of Psalms, the very final chapter, 150. This is the end. It's a part of the last five chapters that we call the Hallelujah Psalms. That's because the last five chapters, they all end with that word Hallelujah, or they end with the phrase Praise the Lord. Hallelujah is just Hebrew for praise the Lord. So they all end with that. They are the hallelujah psalms. This psalm then is the last one. So it is the conclusion of the conclusion of the book of psalms. It wraps them all up. Now, we recognize that through the Psalms, we can pretty much experience everything. I really believe that through the book of Psalms, almost every feeling and experience that you could have is there in this book. And so, as we come to this moment in Psalm 150, we need to keep that in mind. We need to keep that in our understanding. This is the end of it. And it's summarizing, it's bringing together our thought for all of that. And we've experienced a lot of things through Psalms. Through the book of Psalms, through the Psalms, there's highs and lows, there's hurts and helps, there's victory and defeat. All through this, coming together. And we have these understandings that we discover about God. We discover that he is faithful, that he is just, that he, he loves us. And so here we are at the end of all of that, with all those things considered, brought into perspective, that we recognize that we are supposed to, through all of that, through all the Psalms and through all of our life experiences, we are supposed to do what? What does this Psalm say? It says very clearly we're supposed to praise the Lord. Praise God, not because this particular moment in our life is perfect, but because God in this moment and every other kind of moment is perfect. He is perfect through it all. And this is who we're supposed to be. This is the purpose to our life. Life and all that comes with it is an opportunity to do this, to praise the Lord, to praise God, This moment and every part of this moment and every moment in our lives is just that. We were created to praise God. That's what Psalm 150 tells us. What does it tell us? Where should we praise God? We should praise him everywhere. To every corner of the heavens, every place in our lives, every moment we should praise God. Why should we praise God? Because of everything. Everything. He is everything. This scripture basically tells us we, we praise Him for everything that's happened through the book of Psalms and everything that's happened through our life and this world. We find millions of reasons to praise God. How should we praise Him? With everything, with every instrument we have. May we look at this and recognize every corner of our life, every moment of the day, every part of our life is another instrument that we can praise God with. This moment is an instrument for you to praise God, and the next moment is another. They are all instruments to praise God. And finally, who should praise God? Everything, everybody, every one of us. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That famous, those famous words is found here in this scripture. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise. This is what our lives are about. This is what we seek to do with my own life. This is who I want to be. I want to praise God. This is what I was created for. This is what you were created for. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, there are six words, six different words that they use to say praise. And that makes sense. Praise is such a big thing. They need different ways to communicate praise and what it looks like and how it works. Six six different words. And in the book of Psalms, actually, throughout Psalms, of course, they use all six of those words. And that makes sense. Psalm is a good bit about praise. That's maybe the key theme to the whole, whole book, to all the Psalms. And so all six words are used there. One word that uses that is used to describe praise. It communicates praise is supposed to be done humbly, and so we recognize sometimes when we praise God, we need to submit ourselves. We need to recognize that it's not about me; it's about Him. It's not about what I can do; it's about what He has done and will continue to do. Praise is about Him, not me, and so we humble ourselves. Another word that is used for praise talks about praise in a musical way. We recognize that's true. Sometimes praise is musical. We did that this morning in our time together. We praise God through song and through instrument. And sometimes that is, it's not all that is praise, but it's one meaningful and wonderful avenue of praise. Another word talks about how praise is is meant to be used as celebration of lifting us up in that we recognize when we have our highs, we should remember to praise God in those moments. Praise is meant to be happy. It's meant to be enjoyed. We don't use any of those words though for praise here in this passage You recognize through this scripture, if you look at it, they use the word praise the Lord again and again and again. One word is used for praise here in this passage, one Hebrew word. In this particular psalm, the word used for praise means to shine or to make shine. It means to give forth a clear and distinct sound. I like that a lot. This is our purpose. When we wrap up all the Psalms and all of life, when we wrap up all of our lives, this is our purpose. Through it all, to shine, to make a such distinct sound to the world that says to everyone around us, it's distinct, it's different, right? It stands out to say to everyone around us, God is in my life, He is in my heart. I shine. I am different because God is here. I have a creator. I have a Lord. I have a savior. I have love. I have hope. I have a future. I have an eternity. I have all the worries of this world taken care of because I have a God. And we shine. And we shine. We make a distinct sound with the praise that is our lives because God is in it. God is in it. I love that. I love that. Here's the thing that's the main truth of this psalm. And it's okay, this psalm is not huge. It's six verses. This is not the biggest thing. And so as I looked at this passage, I recognized this is not incredibly deep, although I think that's pretty deep and pretty awesome. That wasn't bad preaching. That wasn't like the best preaching you've ever heard, but it definitely wasn't the worst you've ever heard. That's not bad. Like, that's good, and that's deep, but we've reached a point where we kind of recognize that's the point of this psalm is just that. We are supposed to go from everything we've experienced in life. We're supposed to go and make a clear, shining noise to the world around us that God is in our lives. That is praise. That's kind of the point. There we are. We understand the scripture, except one little part. To me, this was the breakdown. This was the hard part. This is the part that I wrestled with. What do we do with this? And it's this thought. This passage isn't a proclamation. It's not the author saying, I am praising God, which many of the Psalms were. They were proclamations, individual proclamations of what God has done and I am praising God. It's not that, is it? It's much more of a command. It's a proclamation direction that says you and me and everybody in this world should what? Praise God. This is our command to go forward into the world and to shine and to praise God. These are instructions. Now, I think we get this. We know this. We know this about ourselves. We should be living and loving in a way that praises God. I want that. I want that to be my life. More than anything else, I want if people could say something about me, I hope they say that that guy shines for Jesus Christ. I would love that. But I've got to keep this in perspective of the thought that this is the last psalm. And so if you wrap up all those psalms and so I think about my own life and all of my life experiences, I have to look back and say, is that what happens? Do I live in such a way that I shine. In the moments of my life, has it been clearly communicated? Has there been a clear and distinct sound that God is in my life? I know I should praise him, but is that the story of my life? And what is is the thing that allows that to come about? What is the thing that makes that possible in my life? And I encourage you to ask yourself, Am I living a life of praise? Am I living a life of praise? Is that distinct sound made with my life? When you came in this morning... You were given a pair of 3D glasses, retro, old style, 80s and 90s 3D glasses. I encourage you to get those out now. Slip those on if you want to. Feel free to put those beautiful things on your eyes and take that opportunity. If you have glasses, I'm sorry for the struggle. Remember, I grew up with glasses. This was my story as well. And so feel free to put those on. Check out your bulletin cover. Check out the screens here and enjoy that kind of moment, seeing stuff. For those of you who are younger, who are looking at these things like, what is this? You've never experienced this before. I'm sorry, this was 80 to 90s amazing technology right here and I'm sorry you didn't get to experience this beautifulness. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but for me, I experienced these a few different times. I'm pretty sure we had these in school at one time or another, but the main place that I remember these was with my cereal box. Anybody else remember this? My cereal box. You would find these in the cereal box, which you would take out. And listen, we're talking about real cereal here. This is not Honey Bunches of Oats. We're talking Fruity Pebbles, maybe Captain Crunch, real cereals had these inside them. They're good stuff, right? Yeah. So you get your fruity pebbles. That was my favorite as a kid. You get your fruity pebbles, you get your glasses out and then you turn the box around because the back of the box was the best part. And so before school you would have this amazing breakfast of sitting there, glasses on, back of the cereal box, chomping away. Yeah. Crunching glasses, cereal box. That is an amazing breakfast that is an amazing breakfast second maybe to only sausage gravy on biscuits i realize that's a whole different level i get it but like put that away this was a great way to start the day right here these things were amazing these things were amazing and yes young people you can make fun of our technology it's fine the 90s were fantastic sorry sorry they just were i wanted us to have a little fun with these so yeah with them on now i want to clarify this is technology that I don't think anyone completely understands how it works or why it works or actually, if it works, I'm not really sure. So we're gonna put a few pictures on the screen for you at home and for here in person. You can enjoy these. So first up, it's our church building because it makes sense. Go ahead and throw those on. See if that does anything for you. What I, if you're like struggling with it, I think... I have no idea what I'm talking about. I think if, and the picture itself, if the red, the, see the blue's on this side and the red's kind of on this side, so if the red is on that side, you want your red lens to be on that side. You want them opposite so it pulls them together. Do I know what I'm talking about? No, I do not, all right? I don't know what I'm saying, but I think that's what worked best for me, so go ahead and try that. This one more than anything else, the like... Logo things should pop out maybe a little bit. I don't really know if does, is it working for you at all eh, Sort of whatever. Let's go to the next one. This is our Palmerton campus I like this one because of the cross anyone else have the cross pop a little bit You might have to change them because the red went this way we use the same thing But I think the red goes this way do whatever you need to do the cross kind of pops and the trees are interesting Let me just say the trees are interesting anybody else with me on that. It's interesting. It works. It doesn't work at all yeah young people again Stop! All right. This was amazing technology. This was fantastic. The next picture is my favorite. You're about to be blown away. There it is. Yes. Yes. These are the pastors of Bethany, Wesley, and Cherryville for you. You didn't know that Pastor Dwight was going to be in 3D this morning. Let's make some noise for Pastor Dwight in 3D. Yes. Those are good-looking people, Pastor Kevin. Look at all that. The guy on the right, super handsome. Yeah. Is the hair better in 3D? I think it might be. I think, just, I mean, I can only speak on what I'm seeing. But these glasses, yeah, it's saying it to me. Great stuff. And the last one, because I just like to do these things to myself. There you go. You got to see it in 3D. It's almost worse, isn't it? You're like, wait, those glasses? That face? There it is. There it is. You can keep enjoying them or not. Why do we wear glasses? What is this about? Glasses, the right lens. It changes the way we see the world. It assists, it adds, it reveals. That, of course, impacts the life and the love that we can experience. What lens do you view the world with right now? What is impacting how you see people? What is impacting how you see people right now? What is the great influence that drives how you live and and how you respond to the world, how you live in it? What is shaping your attitude, your mind, and your heart in this moment? What shapes that? This matters to who we are. This matters to what we can be and what we can do. There are all different kinds of lenses that we put on. This one made me laugh right away because it's blue and it's red. And how many people right now, this week especially and last week, are looking at the world through blue or red red shaded lenses? You get it? I'm talking about politics if you're not with me. Yeah. (laughs) We look at the world through those and it's ruining us. It's making life unbearable. It controls us. We've got other shades, though, don't we? Some of us view everything from green lenses. That's what matters. At work, at home, our success, our power, who we are, it's green. For others of us, we find ourselves with a darker shade of red lenses. There's so much to be angry about. So much to be upset about. I don't know about you, but I have had moments in my life where my glasses... Uh, the lens made everything gray. It wasn't a lot to, to find and be hopeful in, and it was just gray, and sometimes the gray got darker. Sometimes the gray got darker, it almost got black. That lens, it matters. There are all different kinds of lenses for us to put on. What lens do you have on? You know the famous saying. Some people live with rose-colored glasses. That's what this is about, isn't it? And I know we can't always be that. I don't know if that's always helpful or healthy to live with rose-colored glasses. I don't know. This is what I know, though. I want to live with the way that my lenses are shaped by Psalm 150. Psalm 150 It says that we praise God for his mighty acts, for his surpassing greatness in each and every moment and situation. We praise him. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let it praise the Lord. Are we choosing with our lenses how we see the world? Do we even know and recognize how we're viewing the world right now? We are called with our lives to praise God, to shine for Him, to make a distinct sound that everyone knows He's a part of our lives. That can only be done if our lens is found in Him. We have a God, we have a Creator. We have a savior, we have hope, we have life, we have love. This is how we were made to see the world. That in everything and in all moments and situations, we have love, we have a future. You have a God, you have a savior. You have his spirit actively invested and involved in your life. I know some of you are having an incredibly difficult time in this moment. I get it. And Thanksgiving is sometimes a kick to the stomach in these moments. But I want to encourage you, even in these moments, this matters. This is a toy. But this, how you view the world, it matters. It matters. We're in the conclusion. Can you believe that? This is a conclusion. We're coming to the end. Some of you who have heard me speak before, you're like, no, not really. This guy, he goes way too long. Like, he can, he can talk for a while. We can't be there yet, but it's a holiday season. we got to keep this rolling. It's a holiday weekend. We gotta, we've got to end this. So where should this take this? Where should this take us? This scripture, what should we leave here in this moment with? You know what my favorite weekend of the church year to speak on is? Next Sunday, not this one. Next Sunday is my absolute favorite one to talk on. The first Sunday of Advent, when we get to talk about hope, I love that Sunday. I can bring my C game. It doesn't matter because God, like it's hope and God's going to do something wonderful. I get to preach in Lee in next week. I'm excited about it. I'm not saying it's going to be good, but I think it's going to be okay because it's, we get to talk about hope and that is wonderful. You know what my, what week is my least favorite to speak on usually this one right here. Yeah, this one right here. I didn't tell you that until now because it's too late. You're already invested. You can't go anywhere or do anything about it. It's too late. Yeah, this is often the one. Why is this my least favorite? I like Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving turkey. Man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm back and forth one, But like Thanksgiving itself, I like. Thanksgiving is our holiday as Christians. You may not know that. I know it's like a, a community holiday or whatever, uh, but this is ours. Thanks is all over the Bible. Thanks and gratefulness and praise is all over the Bible. This is who we are. If you know it's a Christian holiday or not, whatever the past is, this is ours. This is a part of who we are and what we believe. Thanksgiving is ours. But speaking on it, it's a Christian message. But thankfulness feels a little humdrum I struggled with this message because I didn't feel it like went deep enough for me to give you something solid. And I I struggled with that a little bit. I thought about adding other pieces to it, but I I forced that out. I, I forced myself to stay on subject. And and probably the thing that's the hardest out of all of it is thankfulness. I can't tell you to be thankful. I can't tell you to have thanks. I can't tell you to be grateful. I can't tell you to praise God. Have you ever tried that? You can't do that. You can't tell someone how to feel, especially when it comes to thankfulness. Trust me, my dad tried. I remember that as a kid. He didn't say, be thankful. He didn't say, praise God. You know what he told me, but he was saying it all in the same phrase. He would tell me as a kid, smile. Yeah. Smile. Do you think that ever worked? No. (laughs) It did not. In fact, you know what made me smile least? Being told to smile. You want to tell me to be thankful? Guess what? I will not be thankful. You think I've tried this with my own kids? I told myself I'm going to be different. I'm not going to try this with my own kids. Do you think that I have? Absolutely, I have. Yeah. And failed miserably at it. Failed miserably. It's hard think it can't be said by words, it's got to be said by life. Sometimes I have that conversation with my kids when I know they're going into a tough situation in school, people are being turds around them and and I've got to remind them of this because here's the thing that I want them to know. I want them to know that they decide. This is in their power. I want you to know this as well. You decide. This is in your power. You decide how you view the world you decide the lens that's there you decide the truths that you hold on to you decide what shapes that you decide your heart your attitude your mind you decide what you're going to see in this world and i know it's hard i know we all have our moments trust me i do as well Sometimes we too easily say that there are two kinds of people in the world because there's a quadrillion kind of people in the world. Actually, eight, 8 million or 8 billion, sorry, people in the world. Sometimes we say there are two kinds of people in the world and that's it's a little too generalized, but I believe it's true here. There are the people in the world who allow their lens to be shaped by the world. Or there are the people in the world who allow their lens to be shaped by God. I can tell you this, you decide what your lens is. But if you want to live a life that shines for Jesus Christ, he and his truths, the truths found here in Psalm 150, that God is everything and he's covered everything, that truth is the only thing that can empower you to live in a way that shines. To live in a way that clearly communicates. It stands out that God is in my life. So as we close, I say this. I don't think it will do any of us any good. I don't think it will do me any good for me to tell you to instruct you that you should be praising God. We won't listen. I'm already not listening to myself. It won't work. But I do think as we come into this Thanksgiving season and recognize the importance of this day, this sermon, this weekend, this moment, this holiday, may we all have this incredibly important reminder, a reminder for this moment. We control how we look at this world. We have a God who is with us in everything. We have an amazing God. We have an incredible savior. We have his spirit actively invested in our lives. Whatever our story, that truth can be our lens. It can and it should change the life and the love that we live. So I ask you, Do you see the reasons for praise in this world? You decide. What lens do you view the world with today? Let's pray. Father in heaven, God above, God, I pray over right now those who are joining us in person, those who are joining us in line, each and every individual and family represented here. God, I pray over their thanksgiving. Let it be one of thanks. God, let us look at the many reasons for thanks in our lives. God, I pray over the way we view the world. May we be honest about ourselves. May we be honest with how we've been viewing the world. What lens is shaping how we see the world? Let us be honest about that, God. And God, I pray over each individual and I ask... That you would empower us with the truth that is found in Psalm 150, the truth of all that you've done in this world for us, God. That your greatness is, is all surpassing. Help us to lean into our truth that's found in you. Help us to f- lean into the truths of a Savior, of an eternity. The simple message through all parts of you, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that love is there for us. Let us lean into that, God. Let us praise you. Let your praise spread from our lives in a distinct, bright, clear way. Let us shine, God, in a way that draws glory and praise to your name. Bless us this Thanksgiving. May your word be communicated through our lives. May you shine brightly in us. Thank you, God. Thank you for who you are and all that you've done for us. We praise you now. We praise you now. And we say this all in Jesus' name, by the power of his blood. Amen.